Welcome in to the premiere episode of Ohio vs. the World, a podcast where I dive into all things Ohio sports, whether it's the Buckeyes, Browns, Cavaliers, Indians, Blue Jackets, Crew, Bengals, Reds, and more. I am your host, Jacob Wilson, and today I have a great podcast planned out for you. First, I'm going to start out by discussing why am I doing this podcast, who am I, why am I doing this, why should you care, why should you listen, etc., and I'm going to jump into the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. They actually start up their season here in about 10 minutes. So now I won't be breaking down the game tonight, of course. Um, by the time you listen to this, the game will have already happened. But it is opening night for the M- not the NBA. It's opening night for the Cavs. So I'm going to jump into the Cavs season and just what I'm expecting from it in general. Um, then I'm going to discuss Ohio State at Purdue. Of course, a big game this weekend in Ross 8 Stadium, night game. We know things can get tricky there, so we're going to discuss that, discuss uh, what I think some of the keys to the game are, and other things like that. Then we're going to uh, jump in to other notable college football games. If you're a fan of Ohio State, I'm assuming you're a fan of college football, and other games in college football can matter to Ohio State. Whether a team loses or something like that, it can impact Ohio State um, occasionally. So then we'll jump into the Big Ten. Um, Some games there, of course. If you're a Ohio State fan, you're probably big into the Big Ten. And then maybe even jump into some other Ohio colleges, you know, Akron, Toledo, um, and Cincinnati, of course, because we see we see they're having a pretty solid season there down in Cincy. Um, then we'll jump into the NFL games for the week um, in Ohio, at least the Cleveland Browns and then the Cincinnati Bengals. They both play this weekend. Jump into some other notable NFL games. Of course, we'll jump into the AFC North since that directly impacts the Cleveland Browns and the Cincinnati Bengals. And then we'll jump into some Columbus Crew news as well. Um, This is the first podcast, so this will be the first time I'll get to talk about everything that's happened uh, last Friday with Columbus Crew. Obviously some big news there, still fresh in the mind, and of course I haven't got to talk about it, uh, at least on this podcast yet, because this is the first podcast, which leads me right into why am I doing this podcast. Uh, Most simply put, I'm a huge Columbus and Cleveland sports fan. Ohio in general, I just love sports. This is what I want to do with my life for the most part. Talk about sports, write about sports, whatever it is. I love sports. This is kind of what I want to do. And uh, it's just fun for me too in general. And if I get the chance to put it out there and people will listen to it, that's awesome too. So yeah, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Ohio sports, specifically Columbus and Cleveland sports. Um, No offense to Cincinnati fans. I'll do my best to still cover the Bengals and the Reds though. They are in my description here. I'm going to do my best to cover them, but I definitely won't be able to bring any expertise really to those teams, but I'll still do my best to uh, mention them and talk about them, especially when big things are happening with them, especially things like when the Bengals play, because that's an NFL team. That's a big thing. So yeah, so we'll jump straight into uh, pretty much what you're here for, and that's the teams. You're not here for me. You're here for Ohio sports. So we'll jump right into the Cleveland Cavaliers. They start their season, like I said earlier here, any minute. It's actually 7.26 p.m., so they start their season in four minutes. Kind of sad I'll actually miss the beginning of that game. Kind of was forgetting how late it was getting here. But yeah, so we'll jump right in. It's the Cleveland Cavaliers. They start tonight. I guess we'll jump in a little bit. What are my expectations for this team? Obviously, July 1st, LeBron James left the team. And last time we saw LeBron James leave the team, we all know what happened. Four straight years of being last in the NBA. And the second he came back, four straight years of being in the NBA Finals, even winning a championship, as we all know. If you're a big Cavs fan like me. Um, so I guess what is the expectations? Are we going to go back to being a dumpster fire? We were like the four years without him before. Obviously, that's probably not the case. But are we going to be good enough to be a playoff team? Um, there's some 
some decent players still on this team. Obviously, Kevin Love's still a solid NBA player, maybe even an all-star. Um, Kyle Korver is still on this team. Jetty Osmond is going to be a solid young player on this team. Colin Sexton was just drafted, and we've seen all the hype from him in the summer league. He was playing really really well in the summer league, and he was a really good college player. And He's only 19 years old. Will he be able to impact this team right away? I don't know. I don't know if he'll be able to impact this team right away this season, but at some point I think he's going to be a great player. Will he come in this season? I'm not positive. J.R. Smith is still here, funny enough, with all of his shirt-off glory and all that stuff. Um, what can he do? I really don't know about J.R. Smith. I mean, obviously he had his years. He had his seasons. 2016, when we did win the championship, he was a great player for us. He was just draining threes, but then we saw some stuff in this last NBA final season. Of course, the moment where he forgot that the game was tied and he thought the Cavaliers were up one point in game one of the NBA finals. But besides that, all the fun and joking besides that that comes with that there's also he was just really bad in in the 2018 season he was missing a lot of threes and that's what he is he's a three-point specialist if you're not making threes then there's no reason for him to really be on this team and being paid as much as he's being paid sitting here looking at the roster he's being paid 14 million which I think is the fourth most on the Cavs so if he's not draining down threes then he really has no reason to be here as much as I love him because he's sitting on the sidelines every game rooting on the Browns but yeah, so hopefully he gets back into his form. He starts making some threes. Tristan Thompson's still on this team. Another player similar to J.R. Smith that was real, was playing really well a few years ago when the Cavs won the championship, and now he's been really down. He, borderline can't even dribble the ball like we saw in the 2018 NBA Finals. So what will we see from him? Will he step up? Um, Jordan Clarkson's still here, surprisingly. Uh, George Hill is still here. George Hill's getting paid a lot of money, too. $19 million. That's absurd to me there's a lot of overplayed players on this roster which is one reason I'm excited for next year we can get rid of a few of them and hopefully bring in some better players for that that money but yeah I mean I what I'm what am I expecting from this Cavs team this year obviously we know they're not going to win the NBA finals which is always a sad thing which is part of the reason why the NBA is not as fun this year in general because almost all of us know that the Warriors are going to win the NBA finals Obviously, anything's possible. The Celtics or the 76ers or the Oklahoma City Thunder or even the Los Angeles Lakers, anyone can win it. But for the most part, we know this Cavs team isn't going to win the NBA Finals. But can they at least make things fun for us? Can they at least make things exciting for us by getting to the playoffs, snatching a 7 or an 8 seed? Personally, I don't think so. Um, I don't think this team has that yet. I know Vegas has them at 31 wins if you want to bet the over-under, which is obviously not good enough to be in the playoffs. It's actually a lot less um the over under of 31 is a lot less than I thought Vegas would have the Cavs at because a lot of people are talking about them as an eight seed which at least I'm not positive this year but I would assume you need to at least win like 41 42 43 40-ish games of course so 31 is not going to be anywhere near it but I actually kind of like Vegas's total of 31 I'm not as hyped up on this Cavs team as some people are in terms of thinking they're a seven or eight seed or even a six seed some people seem to think um I guess it'll be interesting to see how they mesh without LeBron. I think uh, a lot of the a lot of the chemistry was taken away with LeBron because he was kind of a I mean obviously he's, you know, one of the greatest players of all time. It's either him or Michael Jordan. So of course he had the ball all the time. So it was hard to get that ball movement. How will this team mesh together? How will the chemistry be? That will be extremely important in whether they can snatch a playoff seed, an 8 seed. I personally don't think so. Um I've got them coming in around 9, 10, 11 seed. I don't think the talent's there right now. Um, I think this team is going to be it's going to get better in the future. I think Colin Sexton's a really good piece. I'm actually really excited about him. I think he's going to be a solid player, but 
Yeah, I just don't think that they have the talent to be an 8 seed this year like a lot of people do. I'm hoping I'm wrong, but yeah, so I guess we'll see tonight. They got a big game against the Toronto Raptors, obviously a team that people think are probably the third best in the East, one of the best teams in the East, and they haven't had have a chance to get to the finals. So if you're the Cavs, then here's your, here's your shot to prove people wrong. Here's your shot to prove people that you're still a solid team, even without LeBron James. Go out there in Toronto and maybe snatch a win for us, hopefully. I got to do my best to remember that I can't actually, like, say things like let's go Cavs and root on the Cavs and stuff like that because this is an Ohio sports podcast. I'm used to two guys, one mic with my good friend JT, where it's a podcast for all things sports, so we do our best not to be too biased. I got to remember that I can be a little bit biased on this podcast because the people listening, for the most part at least, are going to be fans of these teams as well, just like me. Um, so yeah, so I'll do it for the Cavs. Um, I'm going to say a 10 seed, if, if just to put something on record. Um, so now we'll jump into Ohio State at Purdue. This is a game I'm pretty excited for, but I'm also nervous for. It's going to be, it has the potential to be a trap game. It's a 7.30 p.m. night game. It's actually ABC game of the week. Um, College game day won't be there, but it is game of the week for ABC. Um, Ohio State at Purdue, Ross Aid Stadium. We know things can get tricky there. We've seen it before. Ohio State's lost there. Uh, recently, I want to say as recently as 2009, they've lost there. A lot of times when we play Purdue in general, things can get dicey. Purdue is a really solid team this year. Um, we, they are 3-3. Three and three. I think them and Iowa State are probably some of the best 3-3 three and three teams in the country. Um, all of their losses are extremely close losses. They, I mean, their one really bad loss this year is Eastern Michigan University. They did lose to them by just one point, but of course, if you lose to them, that's not a good sign. But I just think that was an off week for them. But we've seen them lose to good teams like Missouri by three points. And they lost to Northwestern by uh, three points as well, I think. Another pretty solid football team. We saw what they did to Michigan State uh, two weeks ago. But they also have three wins. They beat a really good Boston College team, in my opinion. Um, And they have a few other good wins in there. They're a pretty solid team. And they also have one of the best players in the country in Rondell Moore. Um, He's at 45 receptions for the year. 558 yards for an average of 12.4 yards. He has five touchdowns. He also has a rushing touchdown and 139 rushing yards. He's by far the biggest threat. He's by far the biggest player. Um, the question, I guess, is going to be, can Ohio State stop him? And that's going to be an interesting matchup because obviously we know as Ohio State fans that Ohio State's biggest problem so far this year has been their secondary. And, of course, uh, Purdue's biggest strength is their quarterback as well as their wide receiver that I just mentioned, Rondell Moore, a true freshman, I believe. He's a great player. I just read you out a stat. Here's the stats of QB David Blau. For the Purdue Bowl- Boilermakers, um, he's 128 for a hun- for 187, 1,695 yards. It's a 68.4% completion rating. He's got 10 touchdowns, two interceptions for 160 uh, quarterback rating. That's a solid rating. He's been a really solid QB. Um, I think Purdue's even sitting at number two in the Big Ten uh, offensively behind Ohio State. So it'll be interesting. Our strength, our uh, weakness is our defense, specifically our secondary. Their strength is their offense, specifically their passing game. So that's going to be an interesting matchup. Can we stop them? Um, can we at least stop them enough so that Joyne Haskins, another great player, can get rolling? Oh, he he might just need a few stops from his defense because he's going to be scoring all over the place. Similar to Purdue's offense, um, Ohio State's offense is by far their strength. And Purdue's defense is probably their uh, weakness. So can, Ohio- can Joyne Haskins keep it going? Right now he's sitting at 175 completions for out of 242 attempts, 2,331 yards, 72% completion rating, 28 touchdowns and four interceptions. 28 touchdowns is just 
absurd, a great amount of touchdowns, especially when you consider he's not even playing in the second half. And three games so far this year, he's sitting at 188 quarterback rating. He has been really solid. Obviously, we know he's a Heisman candidate. Him and Tua Tagovailoa are basically running away with it at this point. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what he can do against the Purdue defense that's supposedly not very good. And I guess if you're listening to this right now, I mean, the main thing you're taking away from what I'm saying is that both these defenses are not great. It's been the weakness of both teams, and both of these offenses are really, really good. So it could, it definitely has the potential to be a shootout. Obviously, we said that with Ohio State versus Purdue a few weeks ago, and that game did not turn out to be a shootout. It was 27-26 Ohio State. Um, so will the same thing happen here? I'm not sure, but I mean, I have to think just looking at the paper, just looking at paper, just looking at stats that this game is going to be a shootout. You never know what's going to happen in uh, sports. That's a great thing about it. But it looks like it's going to be a shootout. And if so, we're going to be in for a treat. If I have to put down my prediction here on the podcast, um, I know Ohio State are 14-point favorites in Vegas. I will say they don't cover that um, 14. They might even just land right on it. I could see them winning by two touchdowns. I'll say they don't cover it, but I'll say they win. I'll say they'll do what Ohio State seems to always do under Urban Meyer. And under Jim Trestle, they did the same thing. They usually seem to start slow. And they finally start chugging along by the third and fourth quarter, and they figure it out. We've already seen them do that four times this year. Um, they played seven games. Three of them were basically nobodies who they wiped the floor with. And the four bigger games all year, all four of those games, they've started slow. We saw it against uh, Minnesota last week. They were down 14-10 at one point. At halftime, it was 17-14. Um, we saw it against Indiana the week before that. The game was getting close towards the end of the game. Obviously, we saw it with TCU. They were down. Pretty big in the first half. They came back to still win 40-28, though. And then Penn State, we obviously saw it with just six or seven minutes left in the game. They were down uh, 13. Or they were down, uh, yeah, 13, and they found a way to win that game, too. Or they're down 12, sorry. They were down 12, and they found a way to win that game, too. So they started slow, and they always seem to pick it up in the third fourth quarter. Some of that's just due to their physicality, and they really bully the other teams. And by the end of the game, the opposing defense and the opposing offense is just really tired. But... Yeah, I think there's a good chance we see the same thing here. Um, we see them start slow. Maybe the game is tied at halftime. Maybe they're winning by just seven at halftime. Maybe they're losing by seven or so by halftime. And I think by the end of the game, they'll find a way to pull it out. Um, they really bully down the other team, really make them tired, and find a way to win it late. I'll say um, I said it'll be a shootout. I said it'll be below 14. So I'll say 42 to... 31. I think that's a good scoreline right there. Um, 11 point win for the Buckeyes. They don't cover the 13 and a half, 14, whatever it is in Vegas right now. I don't have it pulled up. But yeah, I'll say they don't cover that. Purdue covers it themselves at home. High State finds a way to win. It's a slow start, but they find a way to pull it out. Um, so yeah, what else do we got here in college football? Some other big games. I guess we'll start off with some Big Ten games. Um, Illinois is playing uh, Wisconsin. I think Wisconsin's at home this game, yeah. Um, Wisconsin, we would assume to win that game. Iowa and Maryland, this is actually a, a game I'm kind of interested in. Iowa's been a really solid team this year. They're even up to 19th in the rankings. They're playing Maryland, who's been a surprisingly solid football team this year. Our Ohio State Buckeyes go to Maryland later in this year. That might be a game to keep an eye on. Uh, Michigan is at home. Actually, no, Michigan State's at home. Sorry, my Google thing is all messed up. I don't know why it doesn't display the home team second like it should, but... Uh, yeah, Michigan State's at home playing Michigan and what we know is obviously a great rivalry. I love watching this game. I love watching these two teams play, and this is definitely a game to keep an eye on if you're a Ohio State fan. Michigan's creeped all the way up there to six, 
And we play Michigan State too. So, I mean, we play both of these teams. It'll be something you can keep an eye on and get a good look at, these two teams that we play later in the year. Um, obviously, we see all what Michigan did to Wisconsin last week. Just dismantled them. I think 38-13 to was the final scoreline. They really killed them. They looked really good this year. And obviously, Ohio State didn't look too great last week against Minnesota. So, a lot of people starting to predict the Michigan upset. A lot of people starting to predict that Michigan can maybe find a way to win this Big Ten. Hopefully, that doesn't happen. But, yeah, they do look great. So I'm definitely that's it's starting to shape up like it could be a classic at the shoe uh in late November. Um we got what else do we got here? Penn State is playing Indiana. Penn State's lost back to back games. Can they find a way uh to beat Indiana? You'd assume they can. Indiana's coming off a thrashing against Iowa. That's the best Iowa's probably looked since they beat the Buckeyes last year, actually. Um Ohio State Purdue's obviously there. We just talked about that game in the Big Ten. Um I don't think there's any other Big Ten big Big Ten matchups. Um, so let's get into some just big college football matchups in general. Oklahoma TCU, that game's at noon. That's going to be one I'm fired up for, excited to watch. Alabama Tennessee, um, uh, two big name programs. Will the game be a good game itself? Probably not. Most likely not. But Tennessee is at home. We know they have one of the best atmospheres in college football. Maybe they'll find a way to keep it close. I don't know. Um, Colorado Washington. Colorado suffered their first loss last week to uh, USC. Washington's ranked 15th. Uh, Mississippi State uh, going to LSU, 22 versus 5 is a ranked up, ranked matchup. That'll be a pretty solid game, honestly, in my opinion. Um, Oregon-Washington State, that's actually where game day will be at for some reason this week, which I find really interesting because Oregon at Washington State, first off, is probably going to have less ratings than Ohio State at Purdue. And Ohio State at Purdue is the ABC game of the week. Obviously, ABC is owned by ESPN. ESPN are the ones who do do college game day. Oregon at Washington State is probably a smaller game than Ohio State at Purdue, and it's on Fox, which is the biggest competitor of ESPN. So I find it interesting that they're doing their game day there. But respect to them for, I guess, not feeling like they have to have game day at the ABC spot um, to promote their brand. Respect to them for that, though, I guess. Um, what else do we have here? I mean, I think that's really it. Purdue at Ohio State is going to be a big one. It's not a ton of great games this week, but it's still a pretty solid uh, week coming up. I am looking at Google. Google can be unreliable sometimes and not show me all the games. I don't really understand what their algorithm is here for college football games. I apologize. Next time I'll make sure I just pull up the CBS Sports app. But yeah, I mean, it's an okay, okay week in college football. It has the potential to be good if a few of these teams that I don't think have any chance to really pull an upset keep it close towards the end. Um, I forgot about this one, NC State. At Clemson, that's a 3 versus 16 right there. Obviously, most people think NC State at 16 is a little overrated, and it's in Clemson, so a lot of people don't think this game is going to be close, but if it is close, it uh, has the potential to be a really good game. And then finally, I forgot to mention this one, uh, Ohio team, Cincinnati at Temple. I believe Cincinnati are actually four-point dogs going to Temple. They're 6-0, and as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, I believe, and this is a big game for them if they want to keep the undefeated season going along. They're they're supposedly underdogs, so they're going to have to pull off an upset, supposedly, to stay undefeated and get to 7-0. and Of course, if they want any chance to do anything crazy and uh, even get to a New Year's Six Bowl, they're going to have to probably go undefeated and beat the teams like Temple and Memphis and UCF and things like that. So it's a big week for uh, Cincinnati, another Ohio sports team, as that is the name of the show. <laughs> so let's jump in now to the NFL. Um, first, we'll start off with the Bengals. The Bengals have a really tough matchup this week. I'll I'll just be honest about it. The Cincinnati Bengals are playing the Kansas City Chief. 
Chiefs, not only are they playing them, but they're going to Kansas City. A great crowd they have there in Kansas City, and obviously we've seen what Kansas City is this year with Patrick Mahomes at the helm. He's been a great quarterback. I'm not, I don't know if anyone saw it coming, but he's been amazing. This team is 5-1. and one. They're only lost to the Patriots on uh, what I think is yeah, Sunday Night Football. They lost 43-40 a few days ago, but they're still a great team even with that loss. They're still one of the best teams in the NFL, and with it being in Kansas City, like I said, I don't have a ton to add to the Bengals because I'm just not a fan. I don't watch their games for the most part. I'll probably start doing my best to watch more of it if I'm going to do this podcast. But yeah, I don't really think they stand too much of a chance going to Kansas City. This is a really solid Kansas City team. Uh, obviously, the Bengals have been great. They're sitting atop the top of the division with uh, the Ravens. But I think the Kansas City Chiefs will probably definitely find a way to win this game. Um, so that leads us into the Browns, Buccaneers. Uh, my Browns go to Tampa Bay, and they play a really big game for them. I mean, they really need to find a way to win this game after what we saw against them on after what we saw from them on Sunday against the Chargers. That was a really tough game for them. They looked really bad. They lost uh, 38 to 14, I believe, and what was just never really a game from the start. The Chargers dominated them. Not something we're really used to seeing as Browns fan. Browns fans, if you are a Browns fan. Usually, even when the Browns were 0-16 last year, 1-15 the year before that, they usually find a way to keep games close. Uh, They usually find a way to lose at the end, but they almost always find a way to keep every game close. So that was kind of weird to witness a Browns game where my heart wasn't jumping out of my chest by the end of the game. So nervous. The game was over. By the end, they got completely blown out by the Chargers. A lot of that had to do with Baker Mayfield. Um, He sprained his ankle, sliding on a first down marker, and there was also a lot of drops in the second second day, or by the wide receivers, sorry. And the defense, they just, I mean, they've been one of the best defenses in the NFL. I don't really know how to explain why they looked so bad against the Chargers. I guess their coaches just really schemed up that Browns defense well. But, yeah, really bad game overall for them. So can they bounce back? They're heading to Tampa Bay to play the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers are an interesting story. We saw what they did the first two weeks with Ryan Fitzpatrick, the Fitz Magic. Um, he looked really good those first two weeks. Just dominated the teams they played. They even They played some really good teams. Uh, let me just pull up their schedule so I can actually know what the heck I'm talking about. Um, they started the season, of course. They played the e, um, they played the Saints, and that was a shootout, 48-40. They beat a really good team in the Saints. Then they beat the uh, defending Super Bowl champions, 27-21. And then Fitzmagic had an off game, but he still played all right, and they still nearly beat a good Steelers team. Um, they lost 30-27 to that game. Then they got blown out against the Bears, and it looked like everything was starting to crash down. The Fitz magic was over. Jameis Winston even came in, and he looked bad. Um, but then last week, they lost, but they still looked pretty solid. Um, I think they were playing at Atlanta. They lost 34-29, but Jameis Winston had a really solid game. Looking at his stats here, he played really well, which is encouraging if you're a Buccaneers fan because you're hoping that's your franchise QB here for the next 10 or so years. I don't think it will be, but you're hoping so, and... He had a really good game, so that's encouraging. Obviously, you lose, but the Falcons, despite their record, are a really solid football team, and I think they were on the road. So not a bad loss. Maybe some more encouraging signs after getting blown out by the Bears to come back and play a good game against the Falcons. So I don't think by any mean the Browns are um, – I don't know if they're favorites in this game or what it is. It's in Tampa Bay. I'm assuming it's pretty close to a pick'em game. Both of these teams are pretty similar in talent. But, yeah, the big question for me will be – just what do we see from Baker Mayfield? We know that he's still a little banged up. He sprained that ankle, like I said earlier. Um, how much will that affect him, if at all? And then I guess one of the big questions, honestly, is can the receivers catch 
catch the ball. I mean, it may sound crazy. It may sound pretty simple, but, I mean, the receivers just got to catch the ball. I'm just pulling out my hair when I watch these games. Baker Mayfield in the last game threw two perfect passes into the end zone. Both of them were dropped. I think one I think one by Antonio Callaway. Um, I can't remember who the other one was dropped by, but, yeah, these these uh, receivers just got to catch the ball. And obviously the defense too. Jameis Winston just tore apart that Falcons defense last week. The Browns defense is supposedly a lot better than the Falcons. Um, but the Browns defense did have an off week last week, like we said, giving up 38 points to the Chargers. So can they bounce back? Uh, the game's in Tampa Bay. If this game was in Cleveland, I think I would for sure pick the Browns here. But it's in Tampa Bay. I think I'll pick the Browns just because the Browns, I think they're still hopeful. They still want to do their best to make a wild card push, and they know that if they want any chance of doing that, they got a tough part of the schedule coming up. This is going to be one of their easier games, honestly, the rest of the season. They know they're going to have to win. I think they're going to put everything into it. I think they'll find a way to eke out a close one, but by no means necessary will I be surprised if the Buccaneers do end up winning this football game. Uh, so let's jump into some other NFL games. Honestly, haven't even looked at this list yet, but I'll see if there's anything super appealing here. Uh, the Patriots, anytime they play, it's a big game. They're playing the Bears. That'll be a solid game. Um, Bears have been really good this year, and obviously the Patriots, we just saw what they did to Patrick Mahomes. And the Kansas City Chiefs, they won that game. That was a huge win for them in terms of trying to get AFC home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Um the Texans and the Jaguars, an interesting game to me. Both 3-3 three and three teams, surprisingly. Uh, the Jaguars are 3-3. Three and three. They really need to find a win. Um, a lot of people thought they were going to be a lot better than they've been so far this year. So they need to find a way to win that game at home, I believe it is. Um, There's really not a ton of great games this week. We obviously saw last week had a few spectacular games, really big matchups. Um, yeah, I mean, primetime games, I guess. The Bengals and Chiefs is actually a Sunday night game. I didn't realize that, so... That will be on prime time. That means I'll definitely get to watch it because it will be the only game on. And Patrick Mahomes is my fantasy QB, so I'll be paying close attention to that one. Uh, the Monday night game is the Giants versus the Falcons. Not a super appealing primetime game. What else do we have primetime? Oh, Thursday night football is the Broncos at Cardinals. That's another rough one. Yeah, it's just not a great week of NFL action. Uh, but obviously, if you love fantasy football, then it doesn't really matter who's playing who. All you care about is your players and how they're doing, so... Yeah, if you're just a casual NFL fan who's just looking for big matchups, there's not really a ton of them this week. I would say the biggest one probably is... Uh, Titans versus Chargers isn't a bad one. Two pretty solid teams, but yeah, not a ton of huge matchups this week. Um, nothing crazy in NFL, but of course, if you're a huge Browns fan, then you always got the Browns to look forward to. If you're a Bengals fan, you got that to look forward to. And obviously the Saints, I forgot to, to do this. Of course I was going to do this. Um, the AFC North teams, what are they? what are they doing this week? The Saints and the Ravens play, so that's going to be a tough game for the Ravens. Um, whether you're a Bengals or a Browns fan, you're going to be rooting on the Saints there. And obviously, it's the Saints. They're a solid team, so the Ravens could definitely lose that game. I could see that being a really good game, actually. Um, two really solid teams this year. Um, I won't be surprised if the Saints win. They've been in really good form. We obviously saw what Drew Brees did, breaking the NFL passer uh getting the most yards in NFL history passing-wise, and he's just been tearing it up lately. So I think the Saints will probably find a way to win this this week, and I believe the Steelers are on a bye week. Yeah, yeah, they definitely are because this is the week that supposedly Le'Veon Bell is going to come back. He didn't, but uh, that's not anything we're going to get into today. So the Steelers are on a bye. So if you're a Bengals or a Browns fan, it's a good chance to uh, make, some, make up some ground. Not make up some ground, but do well in the division because the Steelers aren't playing, and uh, – 
the Ravens could easily lose playing the Saints. Um, so that'll do it for the NFL. I guess the final thing I got here is just some Save the Crew news. The only reason I really want to do this is because it's still only been five days since it happened. Um, and it was just huge news. So it's huge news. And obviously I haven't had to cover it yet since this is my first uh, episode of this podcast. Hopefully have many more to come. But yeah, the Columbus crew on Friday, it was announced that Jimmy Haslam, the owner of the Browns, actually is going to supposedly buy the Columbus crew, indeed saving them from Anthony Precourt and him taking them from Austin. Um, the supposed deal that most people believe is that Anthony Precourt will take the team to Austin and get his team in 2021, and then the uh, Columbus crew will pl- will pay a will pay the fee for a like a new team, even though they'll technically keep their same team, which I think is like 150 million dollars to keep this team in Columbus. So, obviously, huge news, um, super exciting stuff. Jimmy Haslam, he's a very rich owner. It's not what we had in Anthony Precourt, so he could be really be able to pump some money into this team and give the fans what they deserve, maybe even a better stadium downtown, and just better marketing, better advertising, Um, just really get the city buzzing for the Columbus crew again, like we've seen in the past, Um, but Anthony Precourt, he really just completely destroyed the advertising marketing in this this city for the Columbus crew, and that really just really killed some of the buzz for this team, and Obviously, ever since the Columbus Crew thing was announced where they were supposedly moving to Austin, it's really got people back into the crew. It's got people talking about the crew. And thankfully, the MLS noticed that uh, Columbus still loves this team, and they decided that they were going to look into people possibly buying it and trying to give Austin and Columbus Crew a, a team. And it looks like that's going to happen. I've said before on Two Guys, One Mike, my other podcast, I think there's like a 98 99% chance that this is going to happen now. It looks like it's pretty much happening. It looks like it's just billionaires behind closed doors pushing the final numbers, just doing the little things. I think it looks like for sure that Jimmy and Dee Haslam, as well as the Edwards family here in Columbus, are going to buy the crew and indeed save the crew. When they buy the crew, they're going to be saving the crew as well. So that's super exciting news. Um, If you're a huge crew fan or if you're just a fan of uh, high sports or Columbus sports in general, that's big news. You never want to see a team taken out of their uh, original market, and you never want to see fans lose their beloved team. So that's huge news, but that's really all I got for you tonight. Um, The Cleveland Cavaliers are probably tipped off at 7.53 p.m. here, so I'm going to go catch that game, I guess, and then I'm going to watch Ohio State at Purdue this weekend. I'm going to watch some other college football games. I guess talking more about myself since this is my first podcast. College football is by far my favorite thing to watch. I love it, so I'll be watching a ton of that this weekend. I'm super excited for Ohio State at Purdue. Excited while nervous because it has that potential to be that trap game. Obviously, I'm a little less excited for the Browns this weekend just because I'm so, um, I mean, borderline shocked at what I saw Sunday. I still haven't really processed it, the fact that they got blown out. That's not something, even though they're an, they've been an awful team for the past 20 years, while I've been a fan, them getting blown out is not something I'm used to. So that was a strange thing to see. So I still haven't really processed that. But, of course, when Sunday comes around, I wake up in the morning. I'll be excited to watch that. Uh, the Bengals and the Chiefs play, and that's actually a primetime game. So I'll definitely be watching that so I can get into that on my next podcast. Um, I'll probably be watching some more NFL games, mostly just for fantasy players. I'm not a huge NFL fan. But um, the crew actually do play this weekend. They play Sunday. So that's something I'll really be looking forward to. That will be the first game since they've announced the uh, crew are going to be saved. It's not in Columbus, so nothing to really look out for there in terms of like fan support and stuff. Um, it will be in Minnesota, I want to say, but 
actually the weekend after this weekend. They will be in Columbus, so it'll be interesting to see how the fans show up for that game. The first game since uh, Save the Crew, Saved the Crew has been announced. So I think that pretty much, actually the Blue Jackets as well, they play um, tonight's Wednesday night. So they play tomorrow night, and I think, I assume they play on Saturday or Sunday over the weekend as well. So a few games for them. I guess I didn't really get to talk about them at all. Um, they're the only team that's in action right now in season that I didn't get to talk about. I want to say they've won three games and lost two. Um, it's a pretty average record for them. Their uh, borderline playoff team is always three wins, two losses. Well, if you do that throughout the rest of the season, that will probably just sneak you into the playoffs. So they're probably right about where you'd expect them to be. Although their last game, they did lose 8-2 to two to the Tampa Bay Lightning, which is obviously not a great scoreline. You never want to lose 8-2 to two in hockey. Uh, but yeah, so they play tomorrow night and they play uh, this weekend. If you're looking forward to that, if you're a Blue Jackets fan, but yeah, that'll pretty much do it for uh, Ohio versus the world. I had to, sorry, I had to remember what the name of the podcast was. I'm so used to saying two guys one mic, but yeah, that'll do it for Ohio versus the world. Um, excuse my nervousness and awkwardness on this first podcast. I'm doing my best. I'll probably get better with every podcast, hopefully at least, and hopefully you continue to listen, um, even if you don't love all of these teams. Even myself, I don't love all of these teams. Hopefully you still stay just to listen to the teams that you really do love. Um, I'll do my best in my descriptions to give a breakdown of when I talk about what. So if you're just a fan of like one of these teams, like you're just a fan of the Buckeyes, then you can look at the podcast and look at the time descriptions. Sorry, and uh, see when the Buckeye when I talk about the Buckeyes. Or if you're just a fan of the Browns, or if you're just a fan of Cleveland sports in general, you can look at the description and see when I talk about those teams. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if you're not a fan of all of these teams, then please don't be discouraged by the podcast. Uh, please even listen to the parts when it's teams that you're not too interested in. Uh, but yeah, that'll do it for Ohio vs. the World. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the first episode. I'll probably be back with another episode Monday or Tuesday next week to discuss everything that happened over the weekend. Uh, mostly in terms of maybe a few Cavs games, a few Blue Jackets games, the crew will play. And then of course, Ohio State at Purdue. Uh, Cleveland Browns at Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Cincinnati Bengals at the Kansas City Chiefs. So that'll do it for Ohio versus the world.